Again, those of you who are watching and those of you who would normally be here but you're on vacation, get some good rest. Take, have fun. Just enjoy. Enjoy life, right? We should enjoy the journey. Amen? So I don't know about you, but I am a fan of music from the 70s and early 80s. That's, might be the best amen I get all day. Uh, uh, and so Kansas had a song, Carry On, My Wayward Son. Anybody remember that? Oh, man, like epic video, too, when the guy, the guy plays the organ. If you watch the video, he plays the organ. Then he goes over and starts hitting the, the congas. Then he goes back to the organ, and it's just, Janie said last night, because I always read through my message on, on uh, Saturday night uh, while she's getting some other stuff ready, and she said, who are you rocking out to? I said, ah, oh, this is Kansas. Carry on my wayward son. It was just beautiful. <laughs> well, <laughs> That's the name of the series, and I want to give you a little backdrop to the song, Carry On My Wayward Son by Kansas, Left Overture album, 1977, I believe. It's a, it's a song about a spiritual mindset, like a spiritual pursuit, and we all should be in spiritual pursuit. We should all be kind of walking that way. We should all be looking at, like, how can I grow spiritually? How can I become a better version of me? And it's good. Uh, the, a couple of our ki my kids bought me a, a new weight rack for, uh, my, for Father's Day. It's beautiful. Like, it, like I have old, old school type weight stuff, and then we put this rack together, and I thought, man, I'm not even worthy of that. But it's, it's to make me a better person. And so it's just like spiritually, guys, we should be, we, should, we need to grow in Christ. Amen? If you're a Christ follower, and so Janie was reading out of her, uh, the uh, Passage Translation Bible a while back, and it's a really cool translation. Uh, it has just the New Testament and Pro Proverbs and Psalms right now. Uh, but she was reading uh, this verse, and she said, this should be a great sermon or a great sermon series. Paul talks about, just like uh, Carrie Livengren from uh, Kansas, is, is made this song spiritual, okay? So he's in spiritual pursuit. Carry on, uh, my word, son. There'll be peace when I am done. Let your worry head to rest. Let's cry no more. And then part of the song, one verse says, and heaven will await you. And I'm thinking that's kind of our goal, right? Heaven awaits us. We're, we're looking for a better place. Well, Paul has the same kind of situation in 2 Timothy, where he's pursuing, and Paul's a great pursuer, he's pursuing, yet he uses like occupation of people in his pursuit. It was, it's beautiful, and so today we're going to talk about uh, the good soldier, okay? So he names like a soldier, a farmer, a vessel, or a container. He uses different people, and then kind of some of their attributes on what we would be like if we're going to carry on. Like, our, the baton's been handed to us. This is our generation. So if the generation after us fails, it's our fault. It's on us. That's kind of a heavy deal, right? So we got to make sure that we carry it on, right, so that we can pass it off then to the next generation. Can you say amen? Really important. So it's going to be a little more teachy today, but I want you to grab it and then go home and listen to that song, Carry On, and watch it on YouTube video. It's dynamic. It, it's just, it totally is one of the best songs ever for me, but also very spiritual. Now, when I listened to it in 1977, I found no spirituality in it at all. 
it was just amazing. When you go back and look like every, not every person, well, every person is somewhere in shape and form. They're searching. They're searching for something. So let's pray. We'll read the word, uh, scripture, and then we'll go on. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for this great group of people. Thank you for those watching online. We thank you, Lord, for who you are and what you're doing, not only in Grace Church, but in Hickory and around the region and around the globe. Father, we pray today, Lord, that your word would just be broadcast, Lord, and then adhere to and then move forward with. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, amen. Second Timothy, the second chapter, one through four, you then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. So today we're going to talk about the first personality, okay? And that's a good soldier. So let me clarify one thing really quickly. So Jesus said... In Scripture, why do you call me good? No man is good except the Father. Only he is good. And Janie explained it, I think, a couple of weeks ago. You can't say a better word for God than good. Like, God is good. Amen? And he's all the time. And all the time, God is good. So, but, so in here, when Paul says good soldier, he's not talking about position. Jesus was talking about the whole reverence of God being good. This is talking about personality or effort. So Paul's talking about a good soldier. This is the first occupation or personality that we're going to talk about today is that of a good soldier, okay? You and I, if we're in Christ, we are part of Jesus' army, amen? What, why, why is that, okay? So we didn't get in involved with Jesus just to get a uh, get out of hell free card. We got involved with Jesus so that we could do what he told the disciples, occupy till I come. The word occupy is an aggressive, okay? It's progressive. It means advancing the kingdom of God. This is why Grace Church is for all people. Why is that? Because we, if we shut the door on certain people that we don't think are allowed in, we're not occupying the kingdom of God. If we allow people in that look different than us, act different than us, are different than us. Isaiah 55, 11 says that God's word will not return void. His word will change them. And just like you and myself, then we start to get changed from the inside out, right? Because listen, whether we want to admit it or not, we all have some flaws in life that we need to work through. We all have some things that maybe we're a little offended by, or maybe we judge people, or maybe we look at things. And so uh, the Lord has taken Janie and I on a course over the last several years on just saying, let's, let's not judge let's love, and if we love, let's teach, and as we teach, let's let the Holy Spirit descend, and he starts to change people, amen? And it's a beautiful thing when you see people just start to get changed uh, in, their, in their life and in their walk and start to grow in the Lord. So as good soldiers, we know that we're part of God's infantry or military, and in the military, there's several different branches. You know, there's Army, Navy, there's Air Force, Marines, there's Coast Guard, you know, there's the National Guard, there's the reservists uh, and all those branches, then there's, you know, the infantry, military, and then there's special forces like Green Beret, Army Rangers, uh, um, Navy SEALs, the Delta Force, there's all these, but 
They're all in the, in the military together, right? So they all, they all serve, maybe at different levels. Well, in Christ's army, we're all in his army together. We're all Christ followers together. Maybe uh, you don't play the keyboard or the bass or, or sing or the guitar. Maybe you don't preach or, or teach, but we're all in this together. Are you with me? So whatever we do, if it's working in nursery, if it's uh, helping in the parking lot, if it's uh, roasting, you know, uh, hot dogs on, on a grill, if it's helping set up, we're all in this army together. We're all helping to occupy until Jesus comes. Can you say amen? So let's look at four different traits found in that scripture that will allow us to be good soldiers. If there's a good soldier, there may also be a bad soldier. So we want to be good soldiers. So verse number two gives us the first trait. It says, what have you heard uh, in the presence of many witness and trust to faithful men? That's not the first point, but that's a good point. We must be faithful. Faithfulness is key. Who will be able to teach others also? And so this is the first thing a good soldier then also teaches others. And so here's kind of what's happened back in the day. If someone come in and they thought a little bit different than you, they act a little bit different than you, we picked up the Bible and just threw it at them, and we cursed them until they didn't didn't want to go to church anywhere. That's not really the right way to do it, right? And so we bring someone in. If there is a difference, Jesus and Paul both teaches, let's sit down. Let's talk about this. Let's, let's teach each other. Let's disciple each other. And this is why we have campuses in different areas so we can help teach other people, even if they're smaller campuses. I don't know if you had a chance to see what happened when, when uh, Drew was singing that one song. His, his string broke, okay? And so then he steps over here and clicks a couple things on his deal, retunes his guitar and then drops the string down and gets back over and starts playing. I thought that, that was learned. That's learned behavior, you know, either from experience of doing it before or someone saying, hey, just go ahead. You got to do what you got to do. And I, I like the fact that, listen, in, in, in a walk with Christ, it's a learned behavior. In other words, nobody expects you to give your heart to the Lord today, maybe you get baptized on Labor Day, and then become like the lead discipler uh, by Christmas. We know it's a journey, okay? And if you're saying, man, Pastor, I struggle in this area, well, let's just walk through this area together, okay? And, and there's going to be some areas sometimes where people are just, man, I'm struggling, I'm trying to get better. Okay, there you go, there's the key. As long as you're trying, as long as your heart's right, as long as you're not trying to make up for stuff, and, and excuse stuff and do things like that, as long as you're working, working forward, then you have a teachable spirit. Jesus was a great teacher. Here's four ways that Jesus taught. First, he taught his disciples by saying, hey, follow me. I'll make you a fisher of men. And then he showed his disciples and he said, go and make. So he first he said, follow me. And he said, go and make disciples. And then he coached his disciples. He, he, would, he would take, uh, you know, things that were uh, be, between uh, disputes between disciples and he would, he would settle those disciples. Or he would give parables, okay, to people who were trying to catch him. So he would, he would teach he would follow, he would coach, and then uh, the last one, he valued his disciples. He said, no greater love has a man than this than he that would lay his life down for a friend. And Jesus, of course, is talking about himself, but that's also true in our regard that if we can teach other people, yes, maybe, maybe it's not all about us. 
like, uh, Pastor, I'm not going to go to that small group because they don't teach me anything. Maybe you're supposed to go and help. Maybe you're supposed to go and input. Or maybe, you know, we don't have nursery workers because, uh, you know, you don't have kids in nursery. Well, but maybe you go to nursery. Someone comes for the first time, drops your kid off in nursery. They come. God's word doesn't return void. They receive Christ as their Savior. You did as much as the person preaching that gospel that day. I mean, you were as impactful in that regard. It's a good soldier takes advantage of the situation that they're in so that they can create a teaching moment. It's important and it's powerful when we recognize those things in our life. It's a teaching moment. I know a lot of parents in this room, they'll stop and talk to their sons or their daughters. Hey, here's a teaching moment for a second. Let, let's, let's teach on this. That's what a good soldier will do. Again, not speaking down to the person that's in the cubicle next to you, not uh, yelling at the neighbor, but talking and saying, hey, here's, here's why we believe what we believe. Here's the, here's the core. The, what's our core? Well, God loves us. Man, sin. Uh, Jesus died for us. We need to live and follow Jesus, all right? So it's really core. Someone says, what's your doctrine? Those are the core doctrinal beliefs that are they're inseparable, all right, they're non-negotiable. We're not, uh, they're impenetrable. So we have, to, we have to understand for us to teach others is a good and powerful thing. Number two is found in verse number three. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. So the first one is that we're able to teach others. The second one is that we're able to suffer, share in suffering. And I know a lot of people, we've been doing this for a long time and uh, loving God every step of the way, but nobody yet has come to me and said, Pastor, I've been praying for the, the spiritual gift of suffering. I, really, I just really want to suffer. I have had people say, I want the spiritual gift of knowledge. I want, the spirit, I want, the, I want laying on hands. I want, I want interpretation, I want tongues, I want, a, I want a gift of faith. How many wants a gift of faith? I mean, that, I want the spiritual gift of faith. Nobody says, Pastor, I just want, I really want to suffer. Man, I just think that'd be the coolest thing in the world if I could just suffer. And yet we're called to suffer. And some people say you lack faith if you suffer. I would say, no, that's not right. It, uh, we, we have to walk, and especially that word there, share. So we share in suffering with other people. If my, fan, my friend Landon Barefoot is hurting, I need to hurt with him. There, there's that empathy or sympathy that we have to walk through together that says, man, you're, you're hurting. Let me, let's hurt together. Let's walk through this. In fact, Paul says this in Philippians 1.29, believe and suffer for his sake. How many knows Paul knew suffering? I mean, Paul knew how to suffer, wrote most of his epistles while he was in jail in stocks and bonds. Acts 5 and 41 says, they rejoiced that they were able to suffer for him. So now this is, again, sometimes we think in modern civilization, Western civilization, we think I'm suffering. Man, the devil's just on me or I've done something wrong. Sometimes you're just called to suffer for a little bit. God needs you to know, all right? what suffering looks like. And then Romans, Paul says this in 8, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. There's a suffering that takes place in our life. And if we do it right, then we bring God glory. We bring God honor. We bring praise to him. But if we suffer, it's not necessarily that somebody's out to get us and the, there's not a devil around every corner. Sometimes suffering just becomes part of it. 
Now, I believe in healing. I believe in miracles. I want you to know that. I believe in restoration. I believe, in, I believe that God can and will and deliver you right here and right now. But at the same time, for most of us, there may be a season of suffering that we have to go through. Not always is it a lifetime experience. I have a sister named Peggy who will be 69 on August the 6th. She has had multiple sclerosis for 41 years, progressively gotten worse. She's lived about 19 years past uh, her expiration date, and I say that uh, humbly. She's, she's a soldier. She's a, a warrior. She, she is a, she's a strong individual. She's had a feeding tube uh, in her belly for, I think, the last nine years. That's how she eats. She's been bedridden for uh, the majority of our married life. They put her in a wheelchair, take her different places. Uh, she has, she's, I think, blind in one eye. Uh, she has really hard vision in the other. She's in she speaks. It's hard to understand. And she is so full of God's love and joy. It's just a miracle. It's, it, it is, it's just, it puts me to shame when I see how joyful and how, hear how joyful she is. It's just, it's, it's a wonderful thing. So what is, what, what's happened? She at some point in time went from being maybe a little bit bitter that this has happened to her to understanding that maybe she can bring God glory just by being able to walk through this horrible illness and horrible sickness. Why? First of all, because this life is very temporal. You are just a pilgrim passing through. And if you have have to suffer, like Paul said, if I have to suffer for a season, it's nothing compared to the glory that I'm going to see when I get to heaven and, I, and, I, and I'm able to visit with God, all right, or see God, see Jesus for the first time and bow my knee to him. So listen, if, if you have to suffer, all right, we're going to pray with you, we're going to walk through you, but, the, but a good soldier suffers with others. They share in that suffering. That's part of what God's called us to do. Number three is found in verse the first part of verse number four, and it says no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits. And so some translations say that civil pursuits is worldly pursuits, and that's probably a better thing. The word entangled there in the Greek is the word embleko, Okay, and it means to weave. And so what happens if we're not careful, if we get entangled in worldly pursuits, is that we're allowing the enemy to weave its way through us. In other words, Paul said, don't be so spiritually minded that you're no worldly good, earthly good, and don't be so earthly minded that you're no spiritual good. You've got to find a balance. But what the good soldier understands is that there's an enemy out there always to get us. And if we're wise to that enemy, then we can understand as we walk through it. So there's a tree in the Brazilian rainforest, and it's called the matador or murderer, and the, or a vine, rather. And the, what the vine does, it grows up just as, as a little weed. And then it starts to wrap itself around the tree, and these trees can be massive, and the vine just works its way. And when it's about a halfway or a third way up the tree, it sprouts tentacles, and it spreads apart. And as it spreads apart, it grows a little bit thicker, and then the vine turns in more 
to a root, okay, and then almost to a trunk, and then it goes up a little bit higher, maybe another 20 or 30 feet, and it spreads more tentacles, and when we get it to the top of the tree, it sprouts flowering tentacles because it knows it's one, all right, and that crunches that tree and kills it. And so what, it, what happens in the scripture, what Paul's saying, if we get involved in worldly pursuits versus Okay, godly pursuits. See, it's not the tentacles of, uh, of necessarily of things that we can attach ourselves to. It might be a tentacle of being offended. It might be a tentacle of gathering bitterness. It might be a tentacle of unforgiveness. Just not being able to forgive that person, then that, that thing weaves around it to where it absolutely chokes the life out of us, and we're not able to be able to be part of that. If you look at, like, the State of the Union address from any uh, president, okay, uh, you'll always see, it's funny because, you know, uh, Congress will be there, and if it's a good statement that maybe the Democrats uh, enjoy, they're standing and hooping and hollering, and the other side's sitting down. Or if it's a great statement that the Republicans, a bill that they uh, originated passed, they're standing, hooting and hollering, and the Democrats are always sitting down. And so it's like this war within a war, but the Joint Chiefs of Staff never stand and never applaud. They don't abide by the political warfare. They're simply there to do a job. And the only time they stand is when the president enters or leaves the room. Other than that, they're not for a side. This is what Paul's telling us. So, listen, you might be for this side. You might be for that side. You might think this way. You might think that way. And it's okay to express your feelings. Well, it's better, though, is you don't let those feelings control you. That you become that person who, I'm not going to pursue civilian or worldly things or desires. I'm going to focus my sights on God, focus on what's ahead. I'm a pilgrim passing through, and I'm going to recognize that who I can be in Christ Jesus. Amen? That's an important foundational tool if you're going to walk away from this church and say, all right, listen, what, what did I learn today? Don't allow the world's things to get you two down because you got heaven at place, all right? And heaven's going to be here before long. So since his aim, the number four then, since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. So that's the other part then is that we have to please the reason that we're enlisted in God's army. So if we're a good soldier, my idea then is to please that the, the general, uh, Jesus, okay? So if I'm going to please Jesus, then I, I have to know. So in fact, Paul said this, and we don't have it, but he says this, for I am already being poor poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all those who have loved his appearing. If you're enlisted, there are some great things in store for you on the other side. It's an amazing thought. In fact, Jesus says, here, there, there's, here's the, the Bible says, here's five ways to please God. One, have faith. Have faith. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, but without faith it is impossible to please God. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek after him. So you want to please God, have faith in God. And listen, faith is not 
there's a measure of faith, but like total 100% faith is also total 100% trust. If I have faith in God, I might be praying for a healing for my wife or for my daughter or for a family member, for a friend, for someone in church. And I can pray for healing. In fact, I can ask specifically because Jesus said, pray this way, ask and it shall be given. So I can pray specifically, but total 100% faith is having trust in God, knowing that he's going to work it out how he wants to work it out. And that's not a cop out. That's simply saying, okay, God, I'm going to pray. You've given me the authority to pray. You've given me the right to pray. You've given me a measure of faith. I'm going to exercise that faith. I'm going to walk in that faith. But at the same time, I trust that you know how it's going to turn out. I trust that you know what's best. Number two, be spiritually minded. Be spiritually minded. I talked about it a minute ago. Be spiritually minded, but still be earthly good. Be earthly minded, but be, still be spiritually good. But Paul tells us in Romans 8 chapter, I believe it is, 6, 7, and 8, that we have to be spiritually minded. In other words, the spirit world was here first. We're created out of the spirit world, okay? And so by that and because of that, now sometimes people have a hard time with that because it's not tangible. They can't touch it. How do you mean? Or what? But that we have a finite way of thinking. But if we're spiritually minded, then all of a sudden it makes, starts to make a little bit more sense. And I am a believer, and you can correct me if, if I'm wrong in your case, I'm a believer that women a lot of times are more spiritually minded, intuitive, than men are. We're a little bit more logical. We reason differently. Maybe we want to fix it or put our hands to it or, or say, you know, it's going to be. But women and their intuition become spiritual, okay? This is a facet of the Holy Spirit. Wisdom is considered a producer, the female side of the Holy Spirit that says we're going to produce. So there's an intuition there that says we need to be more spiritually minded. All right, that, that's how we can please God. So in other words, don't look at the little picture. Look at the big picture. Number three is fear God. Fear God. Fear, fearing God brings wisdom. Fearing God brings uh, grace. Fearing God brings faithfulness. Fearing God brings knowledge. Fearing God, fearing God brings so many things. And fear isn't I'm afraid of God. Fear is that I have an awful, awesome reverence to who God is in my life. I love God. I love Jesus. I love the Holy Spirit. I don't want to upset him. Not because I'm afraid of him. I don't want to upset him because I want to grow in my relationship with him. I don't want to do things that would offend or harm or, or rebuke that relationship, okay? And so there's a, there's a, there's a constant there that says, okay, I want, to, I want to walk in this awesome fear of God. Number uh, four is to follow Christ. Follow Jesus. Do, do what he says. So Jesus walked in suffering. Jesus walked in rejoicing. Jesus walked in miracles. Jesus healed people. Jesus never wanted to upset his father. He was another one. So, so if we walk and follow Jesus' examples, we understand these things. Jesus went to the temple on a weekly basis. So we say, come to church. Jesus, Jesus participated in, in, in different things in the, in the church world. Jesus participated in the temple experience. Jesus went in, into the highways and the byways. He preached to the, to the lost. All those things are an example. Jesus forgave. Jesus loved unconditionally. Those are the things that Jesus, they came to Jesus and said, what are the, the greatest commandments? Well, love God with everything in your heart, soul, mind, body. 
Then what else? Then love your neighbor as yourself. Well, who's my neighbor? So he gives the story of the Good Samaritan. Listen, our neighbor that we get along with, that's kind of a, that's a no-brainer. It's the person that we don't get along with. It's the person we don't understand. It's the person that thinks opposite of us. The person that thinks contrary to us. It's the person that we can't get along with. That all of a sudden becomes our neighbor. And we have to love our neighbor, what? As ourselves. So follow Jesus. He came and he died for us. Amen? That's a huge thing. So he made like, uh, he brought heaven to earth, the song saying we said this, uh, that we sang this morning said. He brought heaven to earth because we couldn't go there first. So he brought it here. He walked on this earth. Follow his example. Last but not least, as the worship team comes back, is to obey God. If we can obey the creator. See, there's a story in the Bible, and the story is out of 1 Samuel, the 15th chapter. Saul was king, and he was told to go kill an enemy army and kill everything. Kill their animals, kill their king, kill their queen, kill all their people, uh, bury the gold and silver. Do not bring anything back. Kill it all. And so uh, Saul did. He had had a, a great time. He killed everybody. Only he kept the king. He kept the queen. He kept some of their women. He kept some of their choice cows, some of their choice lamb. He, he kept different things. And so Samuel showed up, the prophet, and he said, Saul, how'd the battle go? And so uh, Saul said, then the battle was great. And he said, well, uh, did you kill everything? He said, yeah, we got, took care of everything exactly like God said. And uh, Samuel says, what's that bleeding of the sheep I hear? I hear ba-ba out there. What's going on? He said, well, we, we brought some back so that we could sacrifice them. See, what happens to us when we're not obedient is we determine then that we're going to make a sacrifice. I know I did this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give some of it away, or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'll do better next time. And we start to, we start to make inaccurate judgments, okay? And so uh, Samuel tells Saul, Saul, don't you know that obedience is better than sacrifice? In fact, that chapter, the Bible says that God repented that he allowed Saul to ever be the king. One of the few times in Scripture where the Bible says that God repented. But he was, he was so sickened that Saul wouldn't obey his word, his command. And I would say the same thing as you stand with me this morning. Maybe we're looking at things a little bit differently, where God just needs us to walk in obedience. He just wants us to walk together. He just wants, to, he just wants us to love on each other. And that, Listen, that doesn't mean that we don't teach people right from wrong or the error of their way. It's important that we teach sound doctrine. It's, it's important that we fellowship together. It's important that we have community. But it's important from the start that we say, wait a second, if, if we're, you're a breathing human being, I'm a breathing human being, we at least have that in common, let's work for it. I want you to just bow your heads and close your eyes just for a second because we, we want to walk through something. If you're here today and you say, hey, pastor, I don't, I don't know if I'm a good soldier. Like, I don't, like, I, it, there's nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, it's, a, it's a buddy system in the army. They have a buddy system where if someone's having a bad day, uh, they, they need or wounded in battle, uh, the, the buddy picks them up and takes them to safety or takes them to the med- medical tent or, or takes them. So let, let us be your buddy today. Let us, let us walk through this. We're not going to kill you. We're not going to crucify you. We're not even going to judge you. If you're here and you say, I, I need to be a good soldier, I just want you to raise your hand up right up and right back down. Thank you for that hand. God bless you. Thank you for that, that hand. As well, just you're just here. You said, "I, I want to be. I want to be better in Christ." 
I just want to be, I want to walk together with people. If we, we're going to pray in just a moment, we're going to, we're going to take the buddy system, the spiritual buddy system, and we're going to stand with you. And if there's times where you've uh, failed or fallen or, or people have, you know, just like uh, maybe kicked you while you're down, we want to, we want to pick you back up and stand with you. So, Father, I pray today for those that have, have, uh, have raised their hands, those today that are just thinking about their walk with you and how they can maybe improve or, or get a little bit better, those who are maybe walking with you for the very first time, Lord, I pray as we repent of any error in our way, any sin in our life, Lord, that you'd come in and fill that void, you'd come in and fill that, that openness, that emptiness in us. Father, I pray today, Lord, for people across this place, for people watching online, and that we can be called and considered good soldiers, Lord, that we can do what your word says, we can, uh, Lord, we can suffer and share in suffering, and Father, Lord, we can, we cannot be entangled in worldly desires, Lord, but we can, we can make you proud as enlisted warriors, and Lord, those today that raise their hands, Father, raise their hearts to you, I ask, Lord, that you'd have a perfect peace that passes all understanding to come into their heart, be with them, bless them, thank you for them, bless our church, God, be with them, thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name we pray, hey, let's worship one more time, God bless you, thank you for coming out today.
Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.